0: Welcome to another edition of our Decade in Review podcast series. As always, I'm LB. Joining me is CT.
1: Good evening, everybody.
0: So we're going to jump right into things here in just a moment. But before we do, I want to go ahead. I want to do a quick note for everybody who's listening. We have five of these shows left to do, including this one, and we are going to attempt to get them all done and posted before the end of December, which means we're going to be playing it kind of fast and loose when it comes to how often we post new podcast episodes. They may go up once a week, they may go up twice a week, they may go up with there may be weeks where there are none posted, but the ideally we're going to try and get the last five posted before the end of the year. This does mean that we're only going to be able to provide a minimal amount of warning for people to submit their lists of favorite series for each year, so please be on the lookout on Facebook or Twitter or even Discord to find out when you should submit your list to get them read right on the air. Uh, we'll try to provide as much notice as possible, but no guarantees uh so anyways with that out of the way let's go ahead let's jump into our honorable mentions for this year i have a few how many do you have for 2015
1: uh quite a lot so uh, okay we can burn through them let let's do them in reverse order you usually have me start so let's let's hear what yours are
0: all right uh i actually have five honorable mentions that i want to just bring up really quickly uh the first one is a really pervy kind of comedy action series but it had a really unique magic system that i really liked and still think is a really a really interesting way to introduce magic into the world and that would be the anime world break uh, if I don't know if you ever watched that one, mm,
1: I don't think I did. Or yeah, I think it's oh, one of those that I watched like a couple of and decided not to pursue.
0: Yeah, I mean I don't blame you. It wasn't a fantastic anime, so you know a lot of people skipped on it. But if you ever get a chance, go back and check out. Check it out. It's worth you know. An afternoon my next one is a fun superpower series this time featuring a group of siblings and that would be castletown dandelion a gritty drama that we don't really get a whole lot of these anymore and that'd be gangsta uh mm. the manga for that by the way i believe is still ongoing and so i really hope that we get a second season of this eventually because it was just really good It would be
1: good, the fact that it took down a studio might uh, give it a bit of a uh, cursed (laughs) impression, uh, because I think that was the last thing Manglobe did before they went under. Uh, But yeah, I enjoyed Gangsta a lot.
0: A couple of others. Uh, We talked about this on Expanding Horizons once, and that would be Plastic Memories. Great tearjerker from episode one. I really enjoyed that one. Still go back to it every so often. Uh, and then the last one that I want to go ahead and mention uh, features. It's an it's a fantasy action series that has a whole bunch of really cool death scenes, and that would be *Heroic Legend of Arslan*.
1: Okay. I'll leave that. So in. those
0: are all mine. What are yours?
1: Arslan was on my list uh, because I, I mentioned it in one of one of the other occasions where I enjoy kind of the military uh, series in general. So uh, Arslan, I like particularly because it was bringing something back that was last, you know seen over two decades prior was uh, mm-hmm. the last time Arslan showed up.
0: And yeah, it's those... Central. I remember Central Park Media had that one, and I actually got sent a screener copy for some reason or another, and I remember owning it and having it and never actually watching it.
1: Right. And the uh, the manga done by Arakawa, which is one of those things people people don't think about it. a novel series, of course, but. Uh, the Full Metal Alchemist, author of Arakawa, doing the, the manga representation of it. So uh, uh, that was always good. Um, I was going to say something else. Oh, yeah. Uh, this was a decent year for season twos, and I, I thought. I thought at first Kamisama Kiss was going to be on your list until I saw it was a season two, so I'll just mention that on your behalf. Uh, Snafu season two and Nononbiori season two were, were this here as well, which is good. Um, the second best short in Wakakazake uh, is here, and I, I, I feel like this should be a, a constantly returning short about a... Uh, young professional lady where we don't see anything about her life we just see her going to bars and enjoying bar food and beer and uh with with a with an expression of satisfaction that is unmatched in all other sound effects with which is kind of her going push you Uh, exhaling a, a happy exhale and it is it's just great um, give a, a quick shout out to uh, Perfect Insider, which I think was just a really interesting overall murder mystery with, uh, uh, you know, kind of a locked room murder mystery with a sci-fi twist to it by the end and has a real great OP. Th- this here is starting to really kick into great openings and uh, and some great endings. Um, school live may or may not be one's ultimate cup of tea but certainly it has one of those uh, great first episode twists into the rest of the show and i feel like this kind of dug into the community harder than one might have thought
0: yeah i will say about school is it school live i always thought it was school live
1: I, I people keep changing it i would usually have gone with school live but it, uh, means living at school so therefore i over time went to school live because of the uh, uh, uh the concept of living so
0: okay but, uh, but yeah uh i was just gonna say for those of you listening out there if you've managed to go this long without ever hearing about this series and you're curious about it i will say this much about it don't read a single thing about it before you watch the first episode go in completely blind
1: that's why i'm saying nothing further about it so uh, yeah so that's
0: yep so i'm just saying that much
1: uh, movie wise one movie makes my final list but an honorable mention I will give to miss Hokusai which is uh, a a very interesting quirky like historical romance-ish drama coving of age ish it's uh, uh what is it about about uh, Hokusai the uh, you know the, the Japanese artist that uh, if anyone recognizes any artist, it is Hokusai, and uh, in this case, a, an uh, apprentice thereof. Uh, the director moved on from weird stuff, uh, or just weird, like, uh, uh, TV series things where you wouldn't think of much, but the movies that he's done, uh, all from this decade, colorful... Uh, and then lately, Birthday Wonderland, which I haven't watched yet. Uh, he's got a fairly refreshing aesthetic and style and handling to the subject matter. So I I encourage folks to uh, dig up his uh, movies. Uh, one One other series that I have a just personal fondness for, even if it's not quality enough to make my... Top for the year is uh, Beautiful Bones, Sakurako's investigation, in part because it feels a little bit too unfinished. We finally, towards the end, get to see a bit more of that main uh, uh, serial killer baddie that they're talking about, but we don't get into too much meat of that, so I really definitely wish that uh, there was more to this series because it's got a great dynamic. It's it's a Sherlock-ish type of show that doesn't lean so damn heavily into the overt Sherlock references, which is refreshing, considering how many Sherlock series there are out there. <laughs> um, and 2015 is also when we see the return of uh, Rupan, of Lupin Third to the airwaves, in a weird fashion, because part four is based in Italy and premiered on Italian television first with I believe the Italian dub being the uh, uh, the the source for it or at the very least because it appeared there first it was Italian was the first language it dropped in I don't remember I don't recall offhand but uh, start starting into the uh, modern Lupin handling after... I don't think I don't think he'd been on TV for a while, just in various movies and OVAs off to the side. But uh, it felt like a a refreshing update. I would not join the Lupin gang in 2015, uh, but uh, it's it's worth starting at that point uh, if if you haven't before and if you found the old stuff too you know wonky.
0: So, yeah, I've never been able to get into lupin besides woman called fujiko mine Mm -hmm. and so one of these days i think that i'm going to check out part four and just kind of see if i can get into it or not
1: i actually got into modern lupin with part five and then started filling in previous gaps like uh woman called fujiko mine and and then part four so uh you can, you can work with part four well enough, you could probably do fine with part five. Uh, there's limited carryover uh, of, you know, scenes that mean more if you watch the parts before. That's Lupin mm-hmm. in general, of course. But uh, at any rate, it's worth giving a shot. It still may not be your bag.
0: So, alright, with the honorable mentions out of the way, let's go ahead, let's get into our main lists, and we're going to go ahead, we're going to start once again with a warning to everybody that these, just a quick heads up, that these aren't necessarily our favorite series of the year, they're just series that we consider to be the most notable, and the ones that we have the most to talk about. So getting into our main list, let's go ahead. Let's start with you. What is your first one?
1: Uh, I mentioned last episode that I'm not real big on, you know, Shonen a whole lot. So it makes sense that I will lead off with what was probably the most stylish and interesting Shonen series that year. Uh, I dislike the English name of Blood Blockade Battlefront, uh, because Kekai Sensen is cooler. But, uh, <laughs> that is what I'm gonna lead off with. Um, it was based on manga by the Trigon author, so that gives you a bit of a, uh, of an inkling going in, but it's, uh... Just a really well-done, tightly-packed kind of madcap. Uh, you get shonen battle badassery, but you get enough of a mix of uh, humor in general. There, there's a lighter-heartedness to it that I guess you get from a lot of uh, other shonen, but I find that the endless shonen stuff tends to be like, the the humor is a bit more slapstick, and they try to sell you on the seriousness way more than I can ever draw out of it. And I think that Kekai Sensen Sen is one of those that gives just the right amount of it for me to engage with it, have a lot of fun, and I can sort of get in, get out, get back to life. Uh, <laughs> the, uh... This this was where season one hit. It was directed by via Matsumoto, uh, who I have previously uh, lamented that she has not been doing enough lately. Uh, <laughs> Kiyosu Giga was another one of the things that I've mentioned before uh, that she directed little little since, but she's got a, a hell of an overall style. I wish he would have returned for uh, season two, but she did not. Uh, the characters are all very stylish and interesting. The, you know, the the setup, the uh, the setting for it rather is this kind of multi-dimensional, uh, quasi New York City uh, a thing called Hell Salem lot uh that's kind of separated in some ways from the rest of humanity and it's just this uh, melting pot of magic and monsters and insanity and uh of course we follow our hero in from the outside so we're lensed through uh, our particular shonen hero who's not nearly as obnoxious at as most of them are, and isn't the normal type of it. His his powers are not. I'm immune to magic, or I'm fisticuffs. He has uh, uh, all-seeing eyes that let give, that grant him insight in certain things and give him the ability to help other people. But much of the time, he's a damsel in distress. <laughs> And other times he's, you know, just bashed around by the rest of the, uh, the group, but it's, uh, it's an overall great set of uh, uh, folks, and it I feel like it's just long enough, and has so far happened just often enough, because it had a, a one-core season one, a one-core season two, I don't recall if the uh, manga is ongoing, I think it was probably a shorter series in general. So maybe that's as much as we're ever gonna get, or they might throw one more core at us or a movie to, to cap it off, which would, which would be appreciated. They're they're a fun gang to hang with. Aligula, one, one of the uh, baddies, has the weirdest vocal tone that I go back occasionally to revisit the episode where she's featured prominently just to listen to her crooning out these weird lines in the uh uh in the weirdest uh uh, curled up high-pitched uh girl's voice (laughs) possible so it's it's unearthly and it has one of the best endings of all time and a really great opening and that'll become a theme like i said for uh for a bunch of things from this year uh, but yeah, sugar, sugar song to bitter step is one of those uh, uh, widely community loved endings. So uh, if you if you're gonna watch it for anything else, watch it for the ending, not of the show.
0: The- <laughs> this series is one that I've tried to watch multiple times, and I've just never been able to get into it. I think that it's more a case of it's not you it's me kind of a thing (laughs) i openly admit that the series is interesting and it has a nice hook to it i just can't get into it for whatever reason so yeah i've always chalked it up to this is one of those series where i just have to say it's not you it's me
1: now, now, is this just going to happen to you pretty much all the time with things you might classify as battle shonen? Because another one that uh, that uh, uh, I tried on you before that I thought you would dig, uh, you bailed on Origami for uh, Expanding Horizons. So I feel like of the of the limited stock of ones that I particularly dig, they they don't have any pull on you. Are there ones that do, or is this just you know something that you're you're not gonna kind of like sci-fi or uh, or mecha stuff? If it's not your thing, it, it pretty much extends to all of the "quote unquote" battle shonen.
0: There are some exceptions. I mean, I've watched I watched over a hundred episodes of Hunter x Hunter. I've watched pretty much all of My Hero Academia. You know, there are some rare exceptions, but for the most part, like Battle Shonen series, just don't grab me.
1: Interesting, because My Hero Academia, it was one of those that had no appeal to me because it steered very much into the, the bog standard stuff. Uh, I forgot to put this in as an honorable mention, but since it, it applies here the way that i will usually pursue hype battle shonen is if it's skewed to the side in some fashion and so 2015 is also the year that uh, we started getting food wars so that's where i get my guilty pleasure of hype battle shonen
0: uh, <laughs> antics
1: because it's just you know a weird environment to make it about cooking food or breaking baking bread or gambling or something that I can uh, uh, that's not just fisticuffs mm-hmm. <laughs> for me and I, I like it more. I'm pretty sure you don't food war or or didn't much but
0: uh, I watched like the first season and then I kinda bailed on it halfway through season two, I think
1: are there any of those off kilter ones that have more appeal to you or it's just sort of the if it's down the same shonen lane it's not going to uh, not going to catch on
0: if it has a unique hook then i'm more likely to at least check it out and stick with it for you know a little while longer uh food wars like you said it had a unique hook and they made it's standard shonen formula but it's about cooking so i enjoyed it for a while but then after a while the shine kind of rubbed away and i moved on to other shiny things
1: okay all right what what is your first option
0: so for you mentioned during your honorable mentions uh kamisama kiss season two uh this was actually a pretty good year for shoujo anime. So I'm going to start my list with two shoujo. I'm not going to name them both at the same time, but you get what I mean. I'm sure um, one
1: of them we overlap.
0: I'm but, uh... Pro- well, probably. Uh, But the first one I'm going to mention is probably one of the best anime fairy tales i've seen in a very long time uh it's just really well done great character designs uh the music is fantastic the animation is great the story is gripping uh and that'd be snow white with the red hair right so snow white with the red hair is a series that i have watched multiple times i have watched it beginning to end probably at least half a dozen times if not more it's just like i mentioned in my introduction a really great fairy tale about a girl who is escaping from a perverted prince who wants her as a concubine simply because she has red hair Uh, And if you know me, you know that I have a thing for girls with red hair, so this series had me hooked pretty early, pretty easily. Going beyond that, the story is just really well done, and I really enjoyed the how it was a fantasy series, but it was never too fantastical. You didn't have, you know, high magic or anything like that. It was just humans living in a fantasy were a kind of a fancy medieval world. The lead character is studying to be a court herbalist. So she has, you know, smarts to her, which is a wonderful change of pace
1: yeah no i know i know and you've definitely talked about this one and in some of our other casts so i i knew it would appear i still haven't been able to make time for it yet i'm sure that i would dig it it's not that i'm not in the mood thing i it's just my uh my watch ability has gone down so i'm in some ways struggling with uh uh Expanding horizons and some of the uh, simpler stuff. My seasonals are down. I need to, I need to figure out a way to kick it back up again. But, uh, <laughs> this one will, this one will show up at some point. It just has not yet.
0: Yeah, I mean, like I said, I've talked, like you mentioned, I've talked about this series before. I will continue to sing its prizes for quite a long time uh what's really fantastic about this series though is going into the second season which i believe was in 2016 but i'm not going to mention it again so i'll go ahead and just bring it up now is that the ending for it is really satisfying it's open just enough that you have to go read the manga if you want to get the true ending and find Mm -hmm. out what ultimately happens. But the build-up and lead-up to the ending leaves you satisfied enough that even if we never get another season of it, I'm okay with that. It leaves off on a really happy, pleasant note.
1: Now... Did the manga go for much longer? It's just that the anime wouldn't have enough to to continue. It just sort of ended the equivalent of a core early and, and ended on its own? Or did it just decide to do its own thing?
0: No, they just ended it uh without deciding to continue on I believe the manga is still ongoing actually
1: oh okay so it's it's one of those that they can bring it up they they probably steered for the last episode close to something that could function as a you're never gonna get any more of this anime <laughs> but they could continue it just fine all right yeah no, nor- normal not. Not left on a, uh, an, an annoying cliffhanger, as uh, some series are wont to do.
0: Uh, Furu. Oh my god. <laughs> so, yeah. alright, let's go ahead, let's move on to our second choice before you, because I know that tone in your voice and if we don't get back on track soon, we might lose an entirely. <laughs> like,
1: well, uh, Rinko has vaguely reddish hair in occasional art shots, so may- maybe that's uh, the appeal of what I'm certain you are going to have as your other uh, shoujo entry here. It is a series so good, it has two exclamation points. Uh, Gatari or My Love Story.
0: Yeah, that one which, was going to be my next one. Which has
1: kind of... The couple, uh, certainly for me, of the year, and in many ways, I just really adore the two of them. It's such a non-standard dynamic and a non-standard setup, especially for a shoujo, but for any romance or romantic comedy, uh, you're best boy your your main boy is one of those guys who in any other series and in many other series is just your uh uh, side character weirdo maybe he's a ruffian maybe he's a guy with a with a heart of gold but you never get stories which highlight such a character because uh takeo is Huge. He's got a gorilla-like build and those thick lips that you often see and are terribly unappealing in, an- in anime. Uh, who has never had any real luck in romance. He's best friends with kind of the, the school hottie. And as we find out, uh, best wingman ever. So he, his experience has largely been any of his crushes would eventually uh, uh, confess and go after his best friend instead. And uh, Suna, his best friend, would always reject them. And you find out later what's going on, and it cements uh, uh, his place as best boy uh, because you you get to see the friendship between these two it's very much a bromance along with a romance they're they're friends for good reason and they are good friends to each other at all times but takeo rescues a uh, a girl from a molester uh on a, on a train one of those you know a fairly tropey setup but uh, uh brings the molester to a police station and knocks him out and gets suspended for a bit. Uh, The girl is thankful and tries to express her thanks to Takeo and also through Suna, who's there. Takeo thinks that uh, she's having feelings for Suna because, I mean, who wouldn't? He's a hottie. Uh, (laughs) But very early in this series, unlike most series, the friend disabuses Takeo and says, no, she likes you, and Takeo's busy saying, that can't possibly be the case, which we've seen a hundred thousand times before, but by episode three, there is actual confession, and no misunderstandings, and direct feelings directed to each other, and they start to dating in episode three and we have two full damn core of them having an actual relationship and it is sweet and marvelous and weird and of course they are an opposites attract kind of dynamic and uh vinko is is she's fairly typical design you know small uh unbelievably cute and Sweet and uh, uh, what is it? Like likes uh, baking and stuff, it's exceptionally feminine and innocent. Except they do get to lean into things where you know she's feeling urges that are not a I must not act upon this kind of thing. So there's development between the two of them, but mainly it's going for a ride in their relationship and their dynamics with their various friends and going through school life and the occasional drama. But when you do get the drama, it's stuff that doesn't flow quite the same, or at least certainly doesn't end quite the same uh, when you get this potential interfering guy uh, trying to uh, go after Rinko's affections where normally the the main boy would get jealous and it would cause a big argument between the two of them, but instead it gets resolved because they actually understand their feelings for each other and it's stronger than uh, uh, interlopers. Uh, so I don't know. It's, it's just a joy actually going through something where you get to see them simply falling for each other and having an actual good relationship with each other (laughs) and not overly burdened with uh with a million of the same exact kind of romantic drama tropes and it's not fully a comedy but obviously the uh the dichotomy of the characters you're going to draw a lot of humor out of it but it's also not an overbearing drama uh, either. So it's, it, it's handled with I think just the right touch and ends up being one of my favorite overall romances between between two characters and I really do hope uh, uh, what is it that uh, it gets to complete the whole series eventually and if I recall it's the same team that does Chihaya Furu so we got a season three of Chihaya will probably return here and then back for season four of Jihaya. That is that is my fervent hope. Go do. I, I was a bit annoyed that they went to here instead of Jihaya Fudu season three, but uh, I forgave them. And now they just got to keep making it happen.
0: My first experience with my love story was actually reviewing the first volume of the manga when I was working for ICV2. And I remember reading the first volume of the manga and it got to the point where Rinko and Takeo confess their feelings for each other and get into a relationship and that's where the first volume ends and at the time I even wrote this in my review it felt like it was too easy and too complete I was so used to to seeing romance stories get drawn out and dragged out and hemming and hawing and all this good stuff that when I saw the two main characters get into a relationship by the end of Volume 1, I was like, well, that's boring. Where where (laughs) could they possibly go with this? What the heck? And then I just watched the anime, and I'm like, oh... Okay. So yeah, so that was my first impression with my love story, was that uh, when I read that first volume, it confused me that the main characters got into a relationship early.
1: Understandable. It it is definitely weird, but uh, there there have been some modern series and maybe I'll have to delve back and see oh am i just not remembering xyz it it feels like a a relative desert of actually having characters get together by the you know fairly early or by the middle of something rather than dragging it out dragging it out it's taking so long oh my god uh (laughs) so uh as much as you know you enjoy the overall chase for them as well occasionally it's nice to reverse it and uh and uh, just start that way and uh yeah you get uh you get a more interesting overall run i think
0: yeah i mean i really enjoy this series i've watched it all the way through a few times, much like uh, the, every other series that I, br- <laughs> that I usually bring up with these lists. I do remember watching it weekly and I was discussing it on my old podcast. The one thing that I remember about this series the first time I watched it was experiencing this first relationship with Brinko and thinking, and saying out loud, there is no way that there are actually girls this <laughs> sweet and innocent out there in the world. They don't exist. This can't be real. And I kept getting assured, no, there really are girls like this out there. You just don't know them for probably good reason.
1: And the, the reason that that doesn't become annoying is because the only one who is sweeter and more innocent and more pure than Rinko is Takeo. So uh, <laughs> he is the shoujo heroine, ultimately. <laughs> it's just housed in a very uh, un-shoujo protagonist uh, body structure. So uh, overall, the way that it all you know turns out in the end, you're like, oh, okay, I, I kind of get it. and the two of them work because they're both kind of idiots but uh they're they're lovable idiots and so we
0: should (laughs) so alright uh did you have anything else you wanted to say about this one?
1: I was just going to reiterate that Tsuna is best wingman
0: (laughs) so alright in that case let's go ahead and let's move along to our third choice uh what is your number three?
1: Okay, I'm. This is the other one that I th- I had pushed off my guess for you when I thought Kamisama Kiss was season one, and that I reversed. And I'm thinking this one you might also share. Uh, uh for me, the the only downside of uh, my love story was I really don't remember the OP and ED. They don't stick in. But this one had one of my favorite openings of 2015. Uh, It is stunning in overall design. Uh, It is a music series, so I tend to get lost in uh, many various elements of it. Uh, Since I was a concert band, jazz band, uh, drama club, everything geek in high school, uh, you, you can't find something that sits, you know, more with me than Hibikei Euphonium. So, uh, that is my next one, and I thought maybe that would make your list. It's not hard for KyoAni to, but I couldn't remember precisely whether or not it ranks high enough for it to be included for you as well.
0: Nope, it did not make my list.
1: That was my biggest question mark one. But, uh... <laughs> and I did think that, uh... uh Plastic memories would so therefore you you might have some surprises, uh, but yeah, he became Euphonium. This is another one of those series that I drew people in with. I think my my one of my friends, my friend in California, I forget. No, I, I got her with Your Lie April episode two, the uh, the 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 violin. Uh, concerto. She's a pianist, but you know it is more about the the piano. But I did get other people in with various elements of uh, UFO, if they had a particular music love or or band love. Uh, I mean, it's it's hard to uh, to out cute girls doing cute things than uh, uh, than a Kyoto animation production. Uh, this one has a bit more structure to it. Uh, it has one of my, you know, favorite overall character arcs in in something that's completed. I can't give it to to Muta yet because Space Brothers hasn't finished in, in MAGA. And neither has Chihaya, so i got to wait for them to complete. Uh, <laughs> but... But uh, the, the main character, Kumiko, is just a a overall joy to watch and, frankly, to listen to. That's one of her most memorable things, is the ge. <laughs> and simply her vocal mannerisms. Uh, but overall, it, it, it's just watching. It, it's not watching a band come together everyone let's make a light music club or everyone let's form this club out of nowhere all schools have a you know a band of some sort in this case though you're led into a story where you have some people who are just kind of joining uh uh, to waste time some people who really want to uh join they were doing well on a competitive circuit but then had a big drama off screen from the year before so we're kind of following four new characters into it some of them who are hardcore bandites some of whom have been sort of dragged in but kind of like it some of whom are newbies it's uh it's a great overall introduction i think to that type uh, ...of anime, because you're not really just following the one character, even if you bond with, uh, with Kumiko the most. Kind of like uh, uh, Shirabako, you're probably going to bond most with Aoi, but the whole group of them... ...there are five of them that you're going in with, and that's sort of the same thing here. You're joining the larger world through the lens of four characters... Uh, who are all kind of meeting each other for the first time as well. But they uh, uh, are doing the band things. They get a a new conductor who is willing to have them strive towards greatness. And the arc between seasons one and two is kind of amazing. Uh, (laughs) I may have to... I don't know if I'll talk about it for for 2016 since that's when season two hits. But... uh, it, it's one of those things where for years, my favorite uh, music scene would come from one show and then it got overwritten by the Medley and Kids on the Slope. And then it's been overwritten by the season two episode five regional concert, which uh, represents a whole lot of character growth as well as well as being such a long and amazing set piece. Uh, but you get a whole lot of great animation and instrumentation and you don't get a whole lot of friggin CG hands so uh... <laughs> I'm I'm a little bit abused by CG hands from anime so I appreciate it not uh, invading me as much in in Phonium. but uh, there there are many meaningful moments and you know if even if you're at Any particular crossroad, you like cute girls doing cute things, you like Kyoto Animation, you like band. If you're only in one of them, follow it through to here and see whether you dig uh, UFO in in general. If you like two or more of them and you haven't watched this, then I have no idea what's wrong with you.
0: Uh, UFO is one of those really weird out. outlier series for me because I love Kyoto Animation. I love cute girls doing cute things series, but I just could not get into this one nearly as much as I really wanted to, mostly because there was a little too much drama for me to really get into it. I mean, I like music series. I like cute girls doing cute things. I like Kyoto animation. There was just a little, um, there was an air of intensity to this series with the characters trying to figure out, with the band trying to figure out exactly, you know, what kind of band they wanted to be, that I just couldn't get into it nearly as much. Maybe it's because I had a bad experience with orchestra when I was in school. So, I don't know.
1: That could that could play in. Amusingly, that's the reason why I dig it a bit more. Is Even if it steers a bit into melodrama, I feel like with a bit more dramatic seriousness here and there and a bit more actual character drive seriousness here and there i i feel like it it has a bit more to invest in than your typical cute girls playing cute instruments
0: yeah i guess i'm just not smart enough for it i'll just have to stick with my k on
1: you just don't
0: understand
1: (laughs) it's too advanced for you
0: so, alright. Uh, let's go ahead and let's move along to my number three? Yeah, three. So, okay. Uh, there's There are a few names in the anime industry that I pay really close attention to, particularly like directors like Akiyuki Shimbo and writers like Mario Kata, there's another creator that I pay particularly close attention to, and that would be June Maida. Uh, and he had a series this year, and even though it had kind of a floppy ending that didn't really stick the landing all that well, the journey up to that point was still really enjoyable, which is why Charlotte is making my list.
1: Interesting, interesting.
0: Yep, so Charlotte is another teenage superhero, well, not superhero,
1: superpower
0: (laughs) series, where teenagers around Japan or around the world, really, discover that they have superpowers up until the point where they basically end puberty-ish. It varies a bit Uh, and the main characters are in charge of finding these kids and getting them to give up their powers Uh, and the different kinds of powers that people have vary widely. The main character, for instance, can enter another person's body for like five seconds which he uses to advance through school, and to save people's lives, and to get dates, and all this good stuff, until he meets one girl who, he, who calls him out on his power, and he has to face the music. Uh, like I mentioned in my introduction, the ending for this series isn't that great. They didn't stick it very well. But even still, it's got a great little story leading up to it. I really enjoyed it. The OP is really good, and I still listen to it regularly. Uh, yeah, so yeah, Charlotte makes my list.
1: I was definitely watching this one weekly, and generally it was, you know, it, it had a lot of uh, appeal to... You know, for screenshotting and great scenes and also trying to predict uh, stuff because this was an anime original, uh, as I think are most, if not not all of what Jun Maeda does, uh, which is part of the appeal, I think. So it keeps people guessing, you hit things, there are definitely some dramatic oh crap moments, Uh, what the heck we gonna do now kind of things so it 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 had a lot of drive during the course the reason that i can't make my list is that the way that it ended was too souring for me to have an overall uh uh, terribly positive impression of it. it it was one of those, and I'm like, oh my god! It, wh- what are you doing? <laughs> Especially the last episode, like it, it still had ways it could have pulled itself together, but it was so such a weird choice of how to do it, and felt so rushed. I don't know if it could have sold me by editing through it better i just think there needed to be a better way now tamori was one of those characters who i thought would potentially be a ringer for saimoe so yet another (laughs) thing that uh, made me lament not being able to use her in there and uh i found her pretty overall compelling as a uh as a character i enjoyed her quite a lot uh and yeah the gang is okay and uh That is one of the most Emoto Emotos that ever did Emoto. (laughs) Uh, But, uh, yeah, it's not enough to give it a dishonorable mention for me. And it's not as, you know, it's PA work, so I tend to have affinity towards it simply on that merit. Uh, But unlike Glasslip, where I was waiting for it to do something kinda where the ending maybe could have pulled it together and made the rest worthwhile. In this case, I was enjoying most of the ride and then the ending just, uh, derailed it a bit too much for me. And, uh, I think, I think that's a fairly, uh, uh, common, uh, what is it? Uh, uh, opinion for most of the community, which is really weird. You think when something goes quite that bad, you think that it, would have been caught in the design somewhere because you figure that some people would, would have brought this up in the writing process. I'm not sure how many people are like, Oh yeah. <laughs> Other contentious <laughs> things that seem to have people who love it and hate it. And there are some people who simply like the series more as it was going. And the ending wasn't quite so bad, but almost everyone is like, eh, yeah, no good. <laughs> about the ending that you thought it would have been obvious i don't know i suppose who's gonna tell Jun maeda what to do is ultimately yeah what it comes down to he can just point at his name tag and say this is me
0: so all right let's go ahead let's move along to our number fours what is your choice
1: I implied that this would probably show up from our twenty fourteen cast, and indeed, when reviewing twenty fifteen, uh, this is one of those that really stuck with me at the time. Uh, has one of the best openings of all time, so I am willing to to give that. It was a uh, originally an OVA from twenty thirteen or like a one shot original. That was given an expanded, uh, expanded into another series. That's kind of like what happened with Kyosa Giga. So I, I approve of finding more things that are really great as one shot and then giving them room to grow. Uh, and that, in this case, is Death Parade.
0: I have that on my list as well.
1: Okay. So because it didn't even get an honorable mention, I, I did assume that it probably would have showed up. But uh, I, I forget if we talked about this one before probably at least in passing but the setup is interesting a you know a version of uh, uh, what is it limbo waiting to send people to the afterlife or in this case being reborn or being soul destroyed Uh, a more eastern uh, ultimate resolution to all of this uh, but in this case, it, it's people getting sent to bars, uh, being <laughs> served by bartenders. They, they do not know that they are dead, and they are made to play various bar games against each other, which they learn have high stakes, like uh, a game of darts leads off where uh, by... Hitting the appropriate, oh, what is it? Hit, hitting the appropriate scores and the higher scores, you end up wounding your companion that you came with. So it's busy challenging the the nature of how they care for each other. Uh, when couples come in, it tends to be about their relationship between each other. Is there a mystery left over from their life to figure out, or is there something between the two of them that should pay off? Where they think they're possibly going to be murdered, but in the end it's trying to, uh, you know, are they seeking to cleanse their soul or are they uh, guilting themselves further in the process of trying to preserve what they think is, is their life or help their companion? There are people who come in alone, but usually you get pairs of people, uh, so it's psychological morality tale stuff uh and it's introduced to us through the lens of a character with no memory of how she got there uh and she's sort of learning and participating and watching the process and then the show ends with uh you know the revelations about her life and everything that happened and uh excuse me whether she is going to participate in this process to to be reborn or not. you get a little bit of heavy drama towards the end if 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 it's, you know, synced with you, if not, then it it just functions kind of as a more extended uh, morality tale, as it were. This is one of those that we see enough of the other characters, but don't get enough of them that I really want another series to. Possibly through the lens of the other characters, I want to know more about this kind of limbo. It seems like some of the characters are trying to overturn it, and having their um, what is it? Their uh, bartenders? I forget what they're referred to as specifically, but uh, the the overseers, the the judges. Uh, it it feels like. There are people invested in trying to change the nature of how the judgment of souls that come here go on. I feel like there's another set of stories to tell, so I, I do wish we would get a bit a bit more. Uh, I don't call it that director has done anything else since, so that it feels like one of those things that you should get more of. But uh, even if all it was was more of form... I think it's a, you know, an interesting ride, and if nothing else, uh, deliver me another uh, radio opening or or ending, and I will be very happy.
0: Death Parade. I love the show. I have to disagree with you about the opening. It is one of those shows where the song itself isn't bad but it's just such a weird mismatch for the content of the show. It boggles my mind to see these characters doing these elaborate disco dancing routines (laughs) and then spend 23 minutes judging people to death.
1: (laughs) Not necessarily, dying they're just uh, t- returning to nothingness or being reborn but uh, perhaps I mean the ending gives you as tremendous a tonal match as you can possibly do so I feel like that makes up for it I kind of don't care I mean Bradio is so much my bag <laughs> I saw them in concert at and it and it's amazing So uh, I I, I come very close to saying podcast over if you uh, if you insult that opening there. Now, you can say (laughs) you don't like the the mismatch, but uh, we we might have to have further words here because, oh, my God, it is so good.
0: (laughs) So, yeah, but the series itself is really good. I really enjoyed it when I watched it. I didn't watch it when it first came out. Actually, no, I take that back. I watched the first half of it, I believe, when it was airing, and then I lost track of it, and then I came back to it a couple of years later and finished it off. And I remember finishing it and thinking... Wow why did I wait so long?
1: <laughs> Understandable Was it uh, just because it was kind of a segmented anthology that meant okay, you know you you' you don't feel like you're missing plot from it particularly unless you unless you left two episodes before the end of the show uh, <laughs> you can kind of take it or leave it in the, in the middle but. Uh,
0: Yeah, I honestly don't remember why I didn't finish it the first time. I think I was just busy with Real Life 2015 was kind of a really busy slash crappy year for me, so... Uh, I lost track of a lot of shows this year. Uh, Karako's basketball was another one that I lost track of in 2015, simply because life was just kind of falling apart at at the time.
1: That that does make sense. So you weren't you weren't waiting to do like a uh, a marathon of it at the end, because I think you uh, you have a tendency to wait wait on that and be able to marathon stuff. Uh, occasionally but uh
0: it depends uh if a series is interesting enough i'll watch it weekly but if it's also something that there are some series that i feel are just better marathoned and so i will do that uh also if it's a series that i think my wife will really enjoy i'll wait until it's completely done and also completely dubbed so that we can watch it together. So it just kind of all depends.
1: So it's her fault with the dubs. (laughs) Yeah, I should go back and revisit at some point, but there's other stuff to do. But uh, I feel like this one is prominent enough that it gets mentioned an awful lot. Especially because it's one of those single core things. It's very easy for someone to get into and develop an opinion of, uh, and it's also fairly quick for them to be able to, you know, watch everything of and not feel like they're missing out because it's not continued in the manga uh, <laughs> uh, or anything like that. So in this case, it uh, it's a, it's a good it's a good Warner but I do wish there was more.
0: Let's go ahead. Let's move along to our last choice for 2015. What fills your final slot?
1: Okay. Um, I did mention in the beginning that I had a movie this year. Uh, I saved it till last because I was pretty sure there's no way that uh, you would have watched it because you don't watch movies. Uh, I did forget that uh, A Boy and the Beast was in 2015, so this isn't that. But that—that's another, you know, of a film. It's very good. It certainly deserves an honorable mention as well. Uh, everyone, go go watch that. But in this case, it is one of those films. I don't know if it's the nature of it being a film and the uh, harder availability of it, but it's one of those uh, super, super peace core. Oh, good luck. Peace, peace Rangers. <laughs> the, the Anahana team. Super peace busters. Oh my God. Uh, the the director, designer, and writer uh, of that who you know, the, the director was from Toradora, then they did Anahana. Uh, they brought themselves back together and since Anahana was uh, hit so deep with me, uh, the moment that I could uh, watch the Anthem of the Heart, uh, I did. And I fucking love it. So, uh, <laughs> it is, <laughs> it is, I don't believe an adaptation of anything, so it's one of those, you know, nice, fully written, so Mario Kata doing, doing her Mario Kata, you know, melodrama tricks. So, if if that's not, If that's not your bag, you already probably know uh, well enough what to do, but I'm not sure I've hated the character more than the, the beginning of this anime, because we have our main character, June, uh, as a kid, she's excitable and talkative, the very epitome of a, uh, uh, you know, the the most moe of child characters. Uh, she hops around town, she does stuff. She sees one day, she's playing in an area, and she sees her father exiting a love hotel accompanied by not her mother. Uh, she has no understanding of what's going on, but she mentions this in some fashion to her mother, and it results in... In her parents getting divorced. Uh, uh, her father blames her for this and is like, if, if only uh, you didn't say anything or couldn't say anything. Her words hurt her family. Uh, so she has basically a psychological mental curse put upon her and finds herself unable to speak. Uh, and if she tries to speak, she gets violently sick as a result of it. So she's kind of a lonesome and, and mournful character from then on. Her mother can't understand her. Time jumps, and now she's in high school. She doesn't have friends because you kind of have to talk to them uh, <laughs> usually to develop a relationship. She doesn't have many connections. Uh, But this whole show then is a romance coming of age, but also overcoming this psychological hardship uh, that she has. And it turns kind of a tropey thing, which is these folks together are designated as part of a committee and they decide to put on a school play uh, uh and in this case, the uh, the gal who can't speak is to be given a role in it because what she f- does learn over some interaction with the boy that she will now, of course develop feelings for is, um, excuse me, uh, uh, is that she can sing instead of speaking. So, she just communicates through her phone and texting, uh, otherwise. But uh, learns that she can hum and sing, and part of that is the play turns into a musical, and the boy is busy adapting songs and writing lyrics for things, and they're they're turning this whole thing into a fairy tale production of its own, and it it's largely about. Like, it, it, it's kind of about her curse, as it were. Uh, and so the overall uh, thrust of it, it you know, it, it, again, I said it's, you know, Mario Kata. You know what to expect with certain melodramatic elements. They will appear here. I'm a sucker for them, so I'm perfectly fine. Uh, <laughs> but you you get this core set of, of four friends, and you get a, a large cast of the rest of the class. Uh, And you go through and it becomes about putting on the production and whether or not it will succeed in the end, whether she can get through her uh, issue, who is uh, uh, falling for who and who will confess and who will accept. And you have normy elements to it. They don't have your typical resolution necessarily but overall the the process is just very heartwarming. Um, the it, it, the play itself is very interesting. the The songs are all familiar because they're all sort of culturally known. They just have new lyrics written to understood songs.. Uh, <laughs> So it's like, weird, that, that's something that, you know, would, would be sung at Temple, but <laughs> it, 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 it has fairy tale lyrics uh, uh, drawn to it. So she would map out the story, he would make the songs. It's, it's just a great overall ride and a lovely little romance by the end. And I tend to try to push it on whomever. And if you're a fan of things like uh, Toradora or Anahana, Uh, you should dive right in.
0: I remember when this movie first got announced, I was really excited about it, but it just got released at a really bad time for me, so I never got around to watching it, even though I really wanted to, because I am a fan of Mario Kata. Um, So, yeah, it's... On my pile of shame, along with about a dozen other movies that I need to watch at some point.
1: I was able to see this in the theaters, which was great. I saw it twice during the theater run. I managed to see the two showings that I could possibly have seen near me. Uh, But then it's one of those goddamn things that Anaplex doesn't make available and if and when they will it's going to be a like a 500 dollars stupid thing ah anaplex <laughs> i think they still haven't brought it across necessarily but it became digitally available on amazon so if uh, I, I think people should uh should definitely pursue it i was very close to importing the uh the collector's edition from japan but you know that's that's expensive in its own right but i'm like i I need to have it (laughs) Uh, it was subtitled so you know it it would work but uh, uh i forget if there is an actual edition at this point i feel like yes probably now there is i don't remember offhand uh but everyone should watch it if they can wherever they're able and um, I'm going to look it up while you inevitably move into your last one. I, I feel like they're still screwing us over. So I believe it's only digitally available, not disc available. And that's crazy to me. Get with it, Adiplex.
0: Uh, So for my last choice, I went back and forth on if I was going to put this on my list because we've already done an Expanding Horizons about it, and so there's not really much more for me to say about it. However, I just couldn't betray myself by not including it on this list, and (laughs) so everyone knows what we're talking about. Assassination Classroom, my all-time favorite series. If you never heard of it. Yeah, of course you haven't. (laughs) So, alright, but yeah, I mean, anyone who knows me knows exactly how I feel about this show. Even if you don't know me all that well, you probably know how I feel about this show. So I'm not going to go into it too deeply. Uh, I just want to reiterate everything that I said during our Expanding Horizons cast. If you haven't gone back and listened to that one yet, I highly recommend it. It's actually our most listened to podcast of all time that we've done together, um, which tells me that we need to talk about Assassination Classroom all the more.
1: I believe what it means is that we have to talk about Orange Road all the more. That was the companion one. Surely it's everyone being reintroduced to the 80s. That's what what is the driving factor, no?
0: No. Anyways. (laughs) 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 But yeah, Assassination Classroom is just probably the best coming-of-age story I've ever seen. It hit me on a personal note in so many different ways. I can't even begin to describe how deeply I fell in love with these characters and this story and their growth from episode one all the way up to episode 52, 54, something like that. Yeah, it's just one of those amazing shows that doesn't come along very often, but when it does come along and it hits you, it hits you like a freaking bullet train <laughs> going full speed. So yeah, if you haven't watched Assassination Classroom yet, I don't know how many other ways I can say you need to go watch it.
1: Uh, You could Find everyone's Twitter addresses and DM them, and then find where they live and stalk them at their house and say, "Watch it's Assassination Class." That might be going too far.
0: Eh, I just but, don't have that kind of time.
1: But it's but it's worth it, I think. So yes, that that was inevitable. Like like for me, it, uh, in twenty twelve, it didn't really matter. Uh, how much I talk about Space Brothers or Wolf Children, otherwise, if you're stacking them all, my favorites of X category, there, I'm, I'm just, it'll, it'll have to earn a spot on the, uh, on the list, uh, pretty much automatically.
0: Did you have any other comments or anything that you wanted to bring up before we wrap things up for the evening?
1: I don't think so. Did we have any uh, lists provided by? listeders or otherwise
0: not this time but maybe before 2016
1: i guess we'll find out we gotta beat people upside the head (laughs) i i did mention last time that uh, uh my mother became a a quasi seasonal uh so the way that it extended through uh 2015, there, there are some overlappings because I did recommend uh, Death Parade Tour and Kekai Sensen. Uh, and she watched things like Beautiful Bones and Arslan and Food Wars. Which is crazy.
0: Interesting.
1: During the year. Uh, Hibike Euphonium, she probably likes uh, more or most out of the things that we've gone through. But uh, she didn't watch that until season 2 so therefore that that's more of it feels more 2016 for her but uh same same thing with the movies she never tended to uh if I th- these are harder to share anyway so you usually have to wait a number of years afterward to do it she would not go watch things in the theater <laughs> but uh <laughs> but uh but would watch them if they become available otherwise so anywho
0: so all right let's go ahead let's wrap things up at that point thank you ct for joining me for another fun discussion
1: thanks for having me it's been a time
0: And thanks to all of you for listening. As a reminder, these episodes go up on Patreon first. That's patreon.com slash Review. They go up there a week in advance, and then they hit major podcast providers. So if you want to listen to these episodes first, you'll want to head over there. Uh, Also, if you want to do us a solid and give us a like, share, and subscribe, that would be very much a appreciated uh, and I hope that you all have a fabulous night have a good night everybody
1: night folks